Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friend. Thank you for listening today. I have with me writer and podcaster, Bethany Kimsey. She has a wonderful podcast called When God Breaks Through, and it's all about exploring God's grace in the midst of the messy moments of motherhood, giving us so much wisdom and the various topics we encounter every day while raising our kids. Bethany has a bit of experience of what it's like to be stressed and tired, having eight children of her own. I love her heart on how to empower and equip us moms to understand our identity, rest in Christ, and we have God's word to get us through in life. For today, Bethany is going to talk about an intense time when four of her kids went through various medical issues around the same time and how she saw God's grace get her through. We're also going to talk about the lies of motherhood and how to fight against that false narrative with God's truth. Hi, Bethany. It's such an honor to have you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Well, okay, so let's go back to the eight kids. Did you plan (laughs) to have eight kids? No, no, no. (laughs) In all honesty, I have, there is a story there that when, before I even was married, I was told I would never be able to have kids. So Mm -hmm. I had a heart for children. I wanted kids. If you had asked me when I was young, I would said, yeah, I want to be a mom. Um, Then I was told I wouldn't be able to have children. And then God did some work. And has used that place, that that shift that he did. And really, even medically, the doctors are like, I can't explain it medically why you can have kids. Clearly, I can. Oh um, God, yeah. God has <laughs> blessed me yeah. richly there. And I'm so grateful. But no, I never set out to have eight. Goodness. No. Well, I love that miracle story. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, it was, it's Not funny. to be able to have any, to have eight that's incredible. Okay, so tell where do you live and how long have you been married? And then, you know, how did you start to uh, go through this experience with having all four of your kids with some health issues at the same time? That's got to be really major. It was wild. Uh, it was wild. There. It was wild. We lived down in southwest Georgia and in a small town called Albany. Mm-hmm. And we, I've been married for 20, 24 years, almost 25 years. So I had to think there for a second. You get up and numbers and you go, yeah, is that your anniversary yeah, too? we have that. And the only reason I get to remember <laughs> is because I got married at 20. So it's like whatever, <laughs> whatever you, know, you are. I've been, <laughs> yeah, whatever age I am, it's like how many years I've been married. That's perfect. Otherwise, I'm like you. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well, honestly, my children remember how old I am by one of our kids because I was um, I was forty when I had that child, and so they all go, "Well, oh, don't you know so and so? You know, that's how old they are. So yeah. that's how old she is." Um, I'm forty seven, by the way. It's not a secret. Um, so yeah. we entered a year that I, to this day, in our home, that year two thousand sixteen is called the year from the pit. 
Like it, mm-hmm. everybody calls it that. It was just a bad year for us. Um, we had, I had just had our last child. And so he was about three months old when we came into the new year. And we entered into a season where for me as a mom, God used all these things to really shift my thinking and to woo me into and introduce me to a deeper level of dependence on him. Mm -hmm. And I think that as moms, we have ever deepening levels where we begin to go again and again, oh, I need God this much more. And that's okay. Like that's a good thing. It's actually the invitation that God gives to us to come deeper with him. And sometimes he uses trials. And for me in that season, that's absolutely what he did. It was our eighth baby that we had and uh, life was feeling okay, pretty good. And I'm a seasoned mom. And so even having a baby doesn't really rock my world a whole lot. And um, I mean, it does, but it doesn't, you know, and um, yet, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me be very clear. I mean, plenty of experience. It does. Having- <laughs> I'm sleepy. I'm yeah. crazy tired yeah. and <laughs> wondering. What? You just become numb to it yeah. all. You're immune. You just, you just kind of get calloused and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this season again. I remember this. But um, exactly. But we went into January and our son had, right before Christmas, the day before Christmas, had suffered a massive uh, accident actually in sports and uh, had shattered his nose. And what we did not know at the time was he had also had a very large concussion occur. We didn't know this, and so, and no one medically really saw it. I think because the nose was so bad and it required such intensive surgery that I think all focus was there. And mm-hmm. so we go into January, and this child begins to wrestle with what we did not know at the time was a very bad concussion. And so he wrestled. Mm-hmm. And so that is happening, and he's wrestling. We don't know, but we're healing from a nose. We think that's it. And the sport of wrestling, right? Yes, the yeah. sport of wrestling. Over the next three months, we begin to see some behavior with him begin to change. And he's our oldest. And so there was a part of us that was like, well, I wonder if he's just like, is this what re- like bad teenage rebellion looks like? Like what's happening? It just felt very different. And uh, a teacher actually drew our attention. You know, he's not the same in class. And we kind of were trying to figure out what behaviorally was going on. We thought it was a behavior issue or a spiritual issue. And we did not actually think that it was a physical issue. And, um, and instead we were, pro- what the, the specialists now have told us is that wrestling match after practice, after wrestling match, after practice, he was just reconcussing a concussion that ultimately by March ended up with him having a diagnosed traumatic brain injury just from called, it's called stacked concussive. So as that was happening, we didn't know. So we were kind of clueless about that. Um, at the same time, our six year, our five-year-old at the time, uh, had a weird rash that came up on his shoulder and it wouldn't go away. And my husband looked at it and said, you know, you need to take him in to the pediatrician over that. And my husband is medical. And so I was like, well, okay, because honestly, we're a doctor family. And so a lot, if you know any doctor families, doctor families tend to like have poor medical treatment for their own children because they're like, yeah, we've seen worse. You're not really that bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They don't think fine. it's so serious. You're fine. It's a cold. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And um, but, but this was something so and he said, no, I think you should 
go in with that. So I went in, I had all the other kids with me and the doctor takes one look at it, says, we need to get some lab work, uh, takes a look at the lab work and says, Bethany, you have to go straight to the children's hospital. She goes, I don't know, but I believe this could be either leukemia or something. She goes, this is serious. Mm. And I remember at that time, the doctor we went to was a believer and she said, but before we start getting afraid, we're going to bring it all before the one who has all the answers. So we're going to pray. So I remember her standing there praying over my child and I have the swirl of infants and all these other kids all around me because there were four other kids with me at the time. And I remember driving home and thinking this cannot be happening and I don't know what to do and just praying, you know, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that the enemy will oftentimes do to me in motherhood Mm -hmm. is he will begin to beset me with the fears that you don't, you're not enough and you don't have all, you don't know what to do. And so I remember driving home from the pediatricians going, there's no way I can, I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. I, what, I cannot do this. I don't know how to do this. And, um, and feeling very alone. We had just moved to this new city at this point. We were probably maybe a year in. So we weren't just brand, brand new, but we were pretty new. And um, had moved from a place where we were really well established to a place where, you know, and I remember going, mm-hmm. I'm all alone, which is another thing that the enemy says to us. He's like, you're all alone. Right. You have nobody. You, this is going to be the worst and nobody will, you know, and that was like my drive home. And I remember it was like these Bible verses began to flood my mind of, I will never leave you or forsake you. Call unto me and I will answer you. You know, and beginning the Lord beginning to minister to me on that drive home going, Bethany, you're going to have to stand in the word and this ain't going to be easy, but you can do it. But it's going to be the word and and you have to stand in the word here. Now, at that time, I had no idea what was happening with my oldest son, except Mm -hmm. we were having weird behavior problems. But I knew something was happening with this child. And so got my other kids at home and had um, one of my oldest daughters happened to be sick that day. So she was home from school. So she stayed with everybody. So I didn't have to take everybody to the ER at the children's hospital. And we, <laughs> thank goodness. And we, All but one. I know, yeah, just the baby, the baby yeah, came because yeah. there was no way he, he was not going to yeah. come. And um, so we go, we take ourselves down there. Now my story is good in that my child did not have leukemia. My child did have a scary problem. It's called um, idiopathic. Oh, it's called ITP. It's idiopathic trans. Okay. I never can remember it. Basically his body, you know, the initials ITP. I should know it. We walked through it for so long. It's like a brain block where I don't want to remember the name of it, but, but basically his body was consuming his platelets. So for him, uh, the slightest bruise would become this massive swelling, huge thing. And you know, mm. and that's why the doctor was like, it's so, da-. once we got to the hospital, she's like, it's so dangerous for you to drive him in the car anywhere, to go anywhere. He's at a very, very medically fragile point. Um, and so that was like a sobering moment. She said, the good news is we think we can fix this relatively quickly. It should fix. So again, I'm like, great, then fix it. And yeah. so my <laughs> attention immediately became hooked on, they're going to fix it. We'll be here for three to five days and they're going to fix it and and we can get back to life. I can do three to five days. And we underwent the transfusions. They were medical infusions. 
and mm-hmm. um, under medical care. And it was it was amazing because there's a side story, which is God began to display to me that I was not alone, that the body of believers, even in this brand new town, were going to be a f- incredible support system for us that would minister mm-hmm. to us physically. So I had women who came into my home and fed all my kids and took care of all my kids. My husband was in surgery all that day. So all this was happening and I had been unable to even let him know. We didn't, you know, for most of the day, we didn't know what Matthew's diagnosis was. And he was un, he was inaccessible. I couldn't get to him. And so this other couple who, her, her husband also was medical, came in and he basically was my translator. You know, because oftentimes you need somebody mm-hmm. who can tell you what's happening in the language right. that you need, because it doesn't help yes, if exactly. it's happening in medical language and you're not medical. And even though I'm married right. to somebody medical, I'm not medical. I don't know. No. And so it was yeah. a beautiful <laughs> gift for me for them to come and sit and and hold and rock the baby as I'm holding mm-hmm. and rocking my five year old as all this is happening to him. So um, God, it was beautiful in that time, and I remember. But my hope was you're going to fix this. You, you can do this. So let's get it done. Let's move on with life. We got a lot to do at home. I got to homeschool all these little people and, and, and we got to keep moving. And, and it wasn't an easy fix. Our story was that ITP for us became something dangerously close to chronic where it, um, we were for the next six months, we were living with a child who was extremely medically fragile and puzzling to all the specialists. And so we were getting consults from across the country trying to figure out why this child was not responding to treatments. Mm -hmm. And the Lord began a journey with me with that child of saying, Mm -hmm. Bethany, when your hope is anywhere other than me, even Mm -hmm. if it's in great medical care, it's not in the Mm -hmm. right place. And so I'm going to call you to put your hope in me and to keep your eyes on me, no matter what happens with Matthew long-term, no matter if this is what his life looks like, which was he really couldn't, you know, you have this five-year-old child that you're saying, you can't do anything. Like you can't play outside. Mm -hmm. You can't ride with us in the car. Like we had to have a special sign made and put in that so that if we were, God forbid, in some accident, they would know that he was so medically fragile. It was a weird shift. And I know there's a lot of moms out there that live this all the time. In my heart, we would sit on the floor with a lot of those mamas. And I was always medically being assured, we're going to fix this. But God was like, not until your hope is in me. That was a, that was a learning thing for me where yeah. God was like, I mm-hmm. want your sh- hope to shift. I don't think Matthew had to stay sick for my hope to shift, but I do think God used it as a tool for me to grow me deeper with him. So that was happening. Yeah. And then as that was happening, uh, our oldest son's, final concussive episode happened where we now knew he was with the diagnosis that he had and he had to come home. So I had the medically fragile kid in one bedroom. And then I had my traumatic brain injured child in another bedroom who had to stay in the dark and basically lay in his bed and be really still for several months. Um, He had a complete visual impairment from his concussions where he could not, his eyes didn't no longer converged and, It was a big deal when you're 16 Mm -hmm. and your world has totally changed. And so, uh, and we weren't sure because the specialists were like, wow, you've had a lot of damage done and we think we can get a lot of it back, but we can't promise you'll get it all back. And that was kind of a gut punch where you're like, 
Oh, sure. Okay. 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 So, so that began the next six months of us. So we had sick little one and we had little brain injured one. And cause I think mm-hmm. there was a part of us that as a mom, I function that way where I'm like, we can fix this. We can, we can move mm-hmm. on through this and we can get all this right. So yeah. then at that I think most moms, we do yeah. that. That's where we get our lesson learned from the Lord of, mm-hmm. Hey, remember I'm your solution. Well, and- God is yeah. Uh, Jesus, that's the answer. I'm your solution. You can't solve everything in life. Exactly. So don't put that, you know, burden on you. Well, isn't it a it's a lie. I mean, it's it's yes. really a lie that he clarified to me that I need to control it all. Yes. And right. I'm responsible for controlling it all. And I think we're sold that. You know, we're we're sold this idea that we need to have it all in balance. And we need to control it all to make sure that everybody turns out okay on the other end. Mm -hmm. Like this (laughs) this 18-year-old, 18-year journey we go on with this little person. And and the reality is that you're right. I mean, God is in control. And and Jesus is the one that we're to call out to. Mm -hmm. And it was in this space and time that God began to go, this this sitting about you. And you're not going to fix it. I got to say that when we put that responsibility on us, I think that actually creates the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why some of us experience that anxiety is because we're putting way too much on ourselves. We're putting what we need to be putting at the feet of Jesus rather than us carrying it. We need to like let it go, put it at his feet and therefore experience a lot less anxiety while we parent, you know? I I do. I remember in that time, God taking me back into Genesis and looking at in the garden where the serpent comes to Adam and Eve. And he says, basically, did God really say you can't eat of this fruit? So that's his first Mm -hmm. question. Like, are you sure that that's really what God said? And then if you take it further and you look then at the questions that he does, then he asks, in essence, he's questioning in that questioning process. He's in essence saying, well, if God is so good, why would he say no to you? Why would he do this? He must not really be for you. He must not really be on your team and he must not really be trustworthy for you. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we begin to buy that idea that I need to control it, Mm-hmm. When I look in on my own heart, because I do it a lot, like it is part of my testimony that I want to succeed. I want to perform well, whatever it might be back, go all the way back, um, call anywhere. And, mm-hmm. but it is because I believe that I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And when I begin to dig into that, there is a space for me that says, well, maybe God isn't trustworthy enough to do it. So if I just ensure that it gets done and it gets done on my timeline, then I know it's done. And understanding that in essence, that's me saying, well, then I should be God. <laughs> if we're really mm-hmm. getting deep about this, it's like, and, and there was a lot yeah. of that for me that, that in this, in that year, there was a lot of God mm-hmm. going this journey through scripture where God goes, I am sovereign. 
And mm-hmm. Bethany, trust that I am for you and I am for your children. I am for them individually. I am for you as a family. And I will glorify my name through all of this. Mm-hmm. If you will, let me be the one who leads. Right. And I always, there's so much in my life where I can look, where I go, no, 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 no. I got this one, God. And God goes, I promise if you will let me handle it, it will yeah. go much better. So right. <laughs> lesson learned. I Surrender. It's so hard. <laughs> yes. But also simple at the same time. I know. (laughs) And if I can just live in that space and yet, you know, so for me, that became a question of, okay, God, for today, for today, how today can I keep my eyes on you and not try and fix everything, but trust you? And how do I Mm -hmm. understand the power of your scripture and pray your scripture in this moment to settle my own heart so that my anxious heart doesn't go and start going. But, um, yeah. So then after those two were brewing, then um, we had our little soccer girl totally broke her foot at um, mm-hmm. a soccer game. And I remember standing in front of a freezer and going, I cannot do any more doctor's appointments for anybody. Yeah. I'm doing doctor's appointments yeah. all the time. How can I do this? And we weren't sure if this was going to be a surgical break. Like we weren't sure the level of break. It was just not good. Right. So that was not like, that wasn't a hard thing to walk through, except it was just layering. And it was like, the Lord was like, do you trust me? This is going to keep your eyes on me, not on your circumstances. Don't look down, look up, don't, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. And then the last story that we had that year in the same six months was our other oldest child, a high level dancer. And she suffered big time breaks in her toes with dead necrotic bone. Like it was a big deal. And mm-hmm. that, though, began to unpack some lies that she was believing. And we began to walk with her through some mental health issues mm-hmm. that while she wasn't maybe super sick externally on the outside, she was really struggling on the inside. And so we began a walk and a journey with her. And she's very open about it. And, and she has shared even on my Instagram about it. So this isn't exposing things. But it was a walk where she has really had to combat anxiety and mm-hmm. and depression and really had to learn how to stand in God's truth and do hard work and do hard things. And so over those first eight months of 2016, I felt completely inadequate. I don't know if any of our other moms or any pe- people who listen here ever feel this way, but a lot of my life. I can have the idea of, okay, either I won that, like that was a win, goes in the win category, Mm -hmm. or well done, good job. Like there's a lot of my brain that goes, you did it. Like, and so what 2016 for me was, was almost a pounding of you're not doing it. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't see your daughter wrestling with these issues until they became like apparent. So the enemy would just beat on me with, well, why didn't you see this beforehand? And you didn't do that well. And you're probably not walking with her well. You don't have, and and for anyone who's walked with a child through it, it's okay to feel completely inadequate. Like Mm -hmm. I I did and I have, and God has brought me deep into that space. And I understand, but Mm -hmm. I have such compassion for another mama because I don't know how to do this because I would say I, that whole year was like just crying to God going, I don't know how to do this. 
And then I didn't know how to walk with a child with a brain injury that we weren't sure he was ever going to come back from. And he went from being a, a child with incredible college promise to being mm-hmm. a child that's at that time, we didn't know if we were going to go back for his senior year. We weren't mm-hmm. sure where we were and walking with him emotionally and spiritually mm-hmm. and then trying to help him heal and feeling very much like I'm not getting any wins in the you did it category. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then with my little sick guy, really wondering, ITP is the first word of it is idiopathic, meaning there's no reason why it came on. It just came. Mm-hmm. They can't explain it. They mm-hmm. think maybe it comes from viruses, but I couldn't point to a virus that we had, had he had had. And uh, so you kind of live in that world of like, why would this happen? Like, what did and mm-hmm. the enemy would come to me and go, what did you do? Like, what did you mm-hmm. either not feed him right? You know, I owned it. And being and having to learn that God's grace absolutely details my life, even in the darkest, hardest seasons. And that he goes, no, I am in my grace, absolutely engaged in each one of your kids and what's going on. I knew it before it was going to happen. I am sovereign over it and I am walking them through it Mm -hmm. and I am walking you through it. And Bethany, no, you did not disappoint me because I think that was a big thing for me where I kept going. Somehow I messed up. This is what it is. For me, grace is a hard thing that God has to keep deepening my understanding of because I want to push inside of it my performance. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I think that's the common lie that the enemy tries to get us at is that approval thing. We're already chosen by God. We don't need to be approved yeah. by God. We're mm-hmm. already chosen and and adopted into his family. We're his daughter. So yeah. I think that when we as moms can often put our identity in what we do yeah. and being a mother, having that title. And so when things start to go awry and we can't seem to solve them, we go into that fail mode. I mean, I forgot yes. to pick up my son from football practice. I had a, a one track mind of dropping <laughs> my daughter off for acting classes <laughs> to get to the grocery store. And I had a grocery list going on in my mind. And meanwhile, it's <laughs> my son's waiting for me to pick him up. Now that (laughs) is my biggest fear of leaving my child or I'm always like, if not early, right? I I don't want my kids waiting. My husband's like, let them wait a little bit. It's great. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) You got to be there right when they're done. And so that is already a sensitive thing for me. So that triggered something Mm -hmm. inside of me emotionally. Like I went to this false narrative in my mind, these thoughts of you're a failure. You got one job to do. I mean, it was hilarious. The voices being told, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not of the Lord. Stop it. Like, and you know, my husband are great spouses that, you know, we have that can give us that encouragement and support. You know, he just gives me a big hug. I'm like in tears. I can't believe I forgot my son, you know, and he's just like, (laughs) it's okay. He's, he's alive (laughs) and he's okay. I mean, he's almost 16 for goodness sakes, you know, but 
Oh my goodness. That was my moment just last week. So that's little, you know, compared to, but going through those medical issues and I could see how God though fills in those gaps and equips us even when we don't feel adequate enough. Even when we don't feel equipped, God does equip us because I'm sure you look back in hindsight and go, oh my gosh, okay, well, I see God in in that moment. Mm-hmm. I saw God doing this when that child was down or whatever it is. Um, I wanted to know, were you just diving in the word every day or were you just going off of all those times you've just fed yourself scripture, you're reminding yourself of it or a little bit of both? I think most of the days I was in it. I mean, I was desperate for yeah. it. I'll be honest. Right. I was, and it, it wasn't like great deep Bible study. It was more like, God, I need, I need to know something today Yes, about who yes. you are about anything. And I, I remember in that season, I, I found somebody online who, because I couldn't, I didn't have enough brain power to like do a study or do, you know. No. And no, um, yeah. I found somebody online who does like uh, for a month, she literally just has a scripture a day over a theme. Mm-hmm. And I would download that or print it and I would have it by yeah. my Bible and it would just tell me, this is your Bible verse. Today. Yeah. So I would mm-hmm. do that Bible verse that day. And God showed up, you know, God taught and spoke to me through that word and through worship songs. And my little guy and I would drive down to the hospital a couple times a week. And it was always very anxious for him because he knew he was going to get stuck, poked, infused. Like it was like, it's no fun when you're five. I remember these rides down there. One day he tells me, he goes, you know, mama, I know God loves me. I said, well, how do you know that? He goes, because almost every time when we get in the car to go down to the hospital and I'm afraid, he plays this song on the radio. Hmm. And it was that my guy's not dead. He's living on the inside of my line. It was back then when that was a popular song. And he goes, and I just love that song. He goes, it's my song. He goes, but God plays it because he loves me. And I'm like, you're right, buddy. Hmm. Like I had not noticed that. But, But God was ministering to my child. And saying, right. I love you. I know this is your faith. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'll make sure that gets played almost every time. And it was weird because then I was alert yeah. and I would be listening. And I'm yeah. like, well, sure enough, there's that song again. Here we are singing it again. Yeah. Children, <laughs> so. they hear from God. They do. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how are your kids doing now? Oh. The four. Okay. Well, my the foursome. The foursome. So our oldest is great. He'll be a senior next year in college. Doing fine. Ended up mentally like regaining almost all of it. I think he would say that he does not, he doesn't love his short-term memory. So he's learned to make lists. But apart from that, he went honestly on a full ride scholarship. He was able to earn a scholarship. And so that was good because that was a huge like prayer shoot. And we were like, God, please. Yeah. Our soccer girl's fine. You know, she is, does, just did fine. And my uh, dancer is great, great, great. Uh, God is just doing beautiful, amazing, huge truths. Um, actually, as we're talking right now, she's just returned from a trip, a mission trip from Zambia. And mm. God has, again, just, I think God has really given her a heart, a heart for missions, but a heart for the hurting. 
And mm-hmm. um, I believe that he's going to use her in big ways for his kingdom yeah. work. And she knows that. She believes that too. Yeah. And then, of course, Matthew is, he is healed. We went through all of his treatments and we saw God do a miracle. We did a, a big prayer thing with a lot of the elders of our church before mm-hmm. we were going to have to start a big scary drug. That was super scary. And mm-hmm. Instead, we asked the elders of our church to pray over him and anoint him. And mm-hmm. watching God all of a sudden heal our kid within two weeks was oh. a miracle. Uh, again, for me, that was that's a whole different thing. But that for me was God going, I promise you, I am in mm-hmm. like I am in the miracle working business. Like yeah, yeah. sometimes we in America go, no medicine is the miracle, and God goes, no, because remember I was trying to hope in medicine. And, right. and God says, no, it's me. And yeah. I am in this, Bethany. And I get it. You, you know, we live in, an, in a culture, a Western culture that says medicine is the ticket. And I believe that most of the time, my goodness, I'm in a medical family and my husband, like we believe in medicine. But God is the ultimate physician. He's the ultimate yeah. healer. And he chooses the way he wants to heal us. And for mm-hmm. Matthew... God chose to heal Matthew through prayer, mm-hmm. not through medicine. And Matthew's doing great today. He, okay. um, we had to go like a, you know, every couple of years for a while, we had to get checked, and they basically released him finally and said, "You're good." So, mm. you know, praise the Lord. So you know, that's, that's been a neat story. Oh yeah, praise <laughs> God. Oh, love it. What a special story for each one, and how we can get through those lies of motherhood. And, you know, one of the biggies is the enemy just tries to attack us with the non-truths of God's character. So having you share your wisdom on the different ways that we can see that for ourselves and what you shared and what you're encouraging us with is keep giving ourselves the word of God and feed our spirits with it and just cling on to him because he is the source Mm -hmm. of hope. He is the source of all things. So would you want to speak life to us here as a takeaway? And then where can people connect with you? And what are some things that you have going on currently? Okay. My last takeaway probably would be if I could sit with you for one minute and tell you one thing, it would be that God's grace is so deep that you will never find the bottom of it. So no matter what you, however you feel about whatever you've done, God's grace is deeper and his love is more steadfast than you can ever imagine. And he wants relationship with you. So as a mom, I've had to learn that over and over that his grace extends beyond the bounds of what I've ever understood and that his Mm -hmm. love is always there and that he wants to walk with me in every moment, the good, the bad, the funny, the dumb, you know, and he, he wants to walk with us in it all. So you can find me I'm on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram, just Bethany Kimsey at, on Instagram. My podcast, When God Breaks Through, we're actually starting a series called uh, The Lies of Motherhood, and we're going to break apart seven lies, which I've asked a ton of women, done a ton of like informal polls among friends, and these are the lies that most women hear 
Um, you may not hear them all. So you may go, oh, no, I don't hear that one. And that's okay. But you may have a yeah. friend who does. And so yeah. we need to not only understand how to identify the lies that we hear and then anchor in the truth instead of the lie, just like what you said a minute mm-hmm. ago. But also, yeah. I'm a big believer that you and I are to be arm lifters for one another. So just right. like Moses really needed Aaron and her to lift his arms up on that battlefield for the Israelites mm-hmm. to win in the Old right. Testament, you and I are called to lift each other's arms up because there's going to be days where it's your friend who's just being creamed by a lie and believing she's the worst mom or you know, she needs to control it all or she needs to have everything in perfect balance or it, that, that I think a big lie is that motherhood should just be easy. It should just be natural. You should just know what to do. And but you, you don't. Yeah. And what, right. what she needs in that moment is a friend to say, that's a lie. And let me tell, show you the truth. So the lies may not be for you that we're covering, but it may be something you need to speak into one of your friends and lift her arms mm-hmm. up. So we're doing that over on the podcast. Um, when God breaks through, we've just finished. And I think this is the other thing is a lot of moms want to know how to walk with an anxious or fearful child. And I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's some things that I have learned, um, word pictures and ways to communicate with your kids that are powerful, that have worked with my big ones when it was my 15 year old at the time struggling with anxiety and, and depression. And now even with, I have some little biddies who struggle with um, being fearful and afraid. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd love to give that. That's just free. You can find it on my website, Bethany Kimsey. You can find it on my podcast. You can find it. The link is there. And I'd love yeah. to give that to whoever needs it. So good. I know you have so many great downloads all the time. You got a prayer guide, you have that, and they're really just aesthetic. I mean, they're, they're gorgeous printouts. Oh, good. And it, yeah. Oh my gosh. On top of the wealth of rich wisdom, um, on there, it's just, it's pretty. So like you could print it up and paste it anywhere and I just love it. So thank you, Bethany, for putting just your whole heart into helping other moms. You really are like on your website, it says you're about exploring God's grace in the midst of the messy moments of motherhood. And that's really, in a nutshell, I mean, that is what you do for other women is just to help them understand who we are as moms and, you know, give us that advice and the biblical truths on how to raise our kids well and how to have our kids really seek out the Lord for themselves, which I absolutely love. I'm all about like when my sister was asked me, you know, what's some advice when she started to have kids, I'm like, have them find that personal relationship as soon as you can. That personal relationship will really help them. And, you know, little things like when they come to you, you know, what do you think about this mom? Well, your answer could be, well, have you thought about asking God? Have you prayed to God about it? Have you taken it to them? And, and of course they're like, you know, oh yeah, uh, no, I haven't. I'm going to go do that. And it's just little things like that at an early age, they start to train themselves to go to God and to ask him or, you know, tell him what they're 
feeling. And I know that that's something that we, even as adults, we don't do enough. Like I have to remind myself sometimes when I'm even saying it to my kids, I'm going, oh yeah, I need to go to God with this. Like, hello. I'm like hearing the Holy Spirit tell me like, hey, you know, that's a good (laughs) wise advice there. (laughs) I think you need to go to me about this thing. And then, so Anyway, I love everything that you have to offer to us mamas, and I just praise God that you say yes to him every day to give us all that you've experienced, but also truths that you know from having that close relationship with God so that you can share it with us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E, Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.